right, so let's start with a quick lesson in testicular self-examination. Just reach into your pants and... Dad, it's the talk. Nobody needs to hear that. Yeah, that's enough that about. We don't need to hear about your business. No, this isn't about me. This is about checking for signs of testicular cancer. Just check for lumps once a month and you're good to go. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. Well, hey everybody, it's 48 Minutes Dogs Barking. My name is Jason. Brian here. Hey. As always. And with us today, a very special man. A very, very special man that we all know and love. Of course, I'm referring to Drew Toothpaste as he is colloquially known. Toothpaste for Dinner, Married to the Sea, Crud Bump, Everything is Real, the podcast formerly Garbage Brain University. Among his en- enormous list of accomplishments is there. Drew, hello there. Hey, it's great to be talking to you guys. What's up? Hey, man. First order of business. I got to get to this real quick. Uh, we did it late in the show last week. We had Ed Zitron on and we kind of got distracted. And then I remembered we had something from super listener Kim. Thank you, Kim for the gift of the <laughs> the dad hats to say pee pee poo poo on them yes I, just, I started cracking up just thinking about it yeah yeah they're just... great i wore i wore mine to a show monday and uh people were giving me a very interesting look oh, no. while were... a guy was rubbing a contact mic on a rock and i'm like this is a really interesting thing oh, the look hat. At my hat yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not a guy you know with like 800 dollars worth of guitar pedals right. putting a rock through it Thank you again, Kim, for the hats. Um, so, Drew, uh, how uh, how online have you been this week? Have you seen the bit about the werewolf statue? I did. I actually heard that's from Ohio. Yes, it is. You know, the purview of putting in big, uh, obnoxious statues and works for public view is kind of a hallmark of middle America, and Ohio's no yes. slouch. Yes, uh, Just... From memory, we uh, in Ohio we had the Longaberger basket. This is like a sixty-five oh, foot tall basket. It's in Newark, Ohio. Uh, we had. I think I saw that. Yeah. We had the uh, the football Jesus. We had the Hell Is Real <laughs> billboard. Uh, I'm sure there's more, way more. I'm forgetting, but those are the hits for sure. Well, this one is an enormous. Gosh, I want to say it's like a ten or twelve foot werewolf statue. In a front yard, wearing what appears to be a American flag shirt, and then taped to its open hand is, of course, an American flag. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and the user, uh, Twitter user at CoolMom42069, have I told you guys about the woman in my hometown, which is in Ohio, who is fighting with the city over her right to keep a giant werewolf statue in her yard? <laughs> Now, the part that gets me is that other people have then replied to this with other werewolf statues. In, is that right? In their hometown. 
There's one. There's a guy uh, at DHM. This Dan McQuaid got a Harambe statue in the front yard of someone else's. And yeah, there's another one at Swagmaster Paul. They should hang out with this person from my town. That werewolf statue, exact same one, with a, an American flag uh, waistband and a surfboard. Apparently, so <laughs> apparently, giant werewolves. Giant werewolves are becoming the new giant skeletons. Well, yeah, and you know. Uh... Cool mom for twenty sixty nine. I don't want to dox her, uh, but I've I've talked to her online at many points in the past. Uh, she's real funny. I think she was the first one uh, on her old account to set her uh, her picture to Elon Musk and say, "Hey, I'm I'm Elon Musk. I hate my kids." <laughs> uh, you know, all all that kind of stuff, and of course, got booted off. And then as soon as she was gone, like fifteen or or fifteen hundred, I don't know. Uh, people yeah. immediately picked it up and they're like, I'm Elon, I look weird or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's such, it was such a great time for impersonation. One of our other guests uh, this month, <laughs> Miles Klee, got booted for uh, pretending to be NASA. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a funny guy. He's really funny. I followed him through like three accounts. Yes, I think he's on number four because he keeps getting hit with the old ban evasion. Oh, yeah. And you would think, I mean, that's really got to take some effort. There's only like three employees left at Twitter, and one of them has to be like full-time tracking him, right? Because otherwise, (laughs) you know, you you got people... I mean, I'm not even going to repeat what they say, but you got people on there saying all kinds of stuff. And, uh... It completely unenforced. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely. I mean, there's a there's a guy. Uh, I can't think his name is like Blood Ass, and he's also like going on about like getting jacked off by Ghislaine Maxwell. It's all. I mean, like just, <laughs> and he's got the same Elon Musk profile picture. Like just, and nobody's because he's like nobody. He's like got three followers, but it, those guys are still out there doing the work. <laughs> oh, only three followers is crazy because she's in like a high security prison, and so you gotta. If you were to do that, you'd have to get like all kind. You'd have to do like entry badges, like a Mission Impossible mission. Oh, God, yeah. So if he's, well. I mean, if his statements are to be trusted, then, I mean, he's incredibly powerful. It's, you got to do what it takes. Yeah, I feel like uh, talking about all this, we, you know, it would be a mistake to not mention the original Elon Musk parody account, Italian Elon Musk. Oh. I send the Calzone into the space and I don't pay you the taxes. Yeah. Feels like forever ago, yeah. but it was probably only like two or three years. It really wasn't that long. Yet another week for obnoxious right-wingers talking about things being woke. This week, of course, Charlie Kirk, courtesy of Media Matters. Uh, Charlie Kirk, I'm going through my refrigerator, and I'm starting to ask the question, was the ketchup bottle woke? Is this mustard? I mean, literally. If you have reached that point in your paranoid right-wing nut jobbery, uh, maybe it's time to hang it up, because it's June. Everyone's going to try to do the thing where they make money, and they're going to say whatever they want about pride and you can't like stop eating because you know your ketchup is now woke i would i would love to see charlie kirk get stuck in like the mission district dyke march (laughs) 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 what's going on you know why are all these women wearing cargo shorts (laughs) (laughs) why are they all uh yelling at me right why is my face getting small you know just a a lot of motorcycles here i don't know what's going on I, I speak from experience of getting stuck in the yes. the, the, the Dolores Park uh, Dyke March when I was eighteen, and at that point had never seen such angry women. Right, 
And then I was like, oh, I've, I think I'm learning something here. It, it was like a formative memory for you. Yeah. Of, uh, and like all the all the businesses down Dolores had signs like, we love the dykes. Like like it was like a protection racket. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like if you didn't say you love the dykes on the window, they would come in and like smash up your windows. It was. Yeah, it's a nice business here. Shame if some of my ladies were to come around and uh, mess things up for you. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. Is is it that true? Is that like they uh, you're say so you're saying that lesbians in where you said it was in San Francisco or San Francisco in the Mission District. So this is like localized power. You say they have a protection racket. The, they seemed like a force of nature coming down that street, and my brother was like, "Hey, we should uh, we should get back to my place before they catch up to us." Like, yeah. He's like, uh, I thought I would be really cool and like go hang out with the Dykes one time, and they were not happy with like a cisgen white guy like hanging around with them uh, before their march. So um, let them have their space, let them have their day. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. I don't, I get yelled at enough back home in St. Louis. I don't, I don't need it abroad by cishet women too. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it was okay to use that word to to refer to lesbians i'm kind of surprised uh, well i guess that's how they self-describe their event i should say i'm not called uh, that's how it is referred to there yeah there's there's several a couple even around here of, of or organizations that have like motorcycle clubs and they call themselves dykes on bikes you yeah know, like okay. that kind of thing so it, it it's a, kind of a take back the night kind of thing in certain circles and and that's the context in, in which we're, we're using that uh, yeah obviously not a not a thing we would say not trying to use otherwise. as a pejorative yeah. just describing okay the event okay good yeah no i didn't uh i i was taken aback a little bit i uh, <laughs> yeah yeah wasn't well, sure what kind of show you'd gone on to did you? <laughs> imagine imagine my corn-fed 18 year old midwestern ass going to san francisco and seeing like there's you can you can, you can put that? you can yeah. put the, something that says dyke in the window like of, of a public business a pub yeah. yeah or like yeah um just many things I, I saw, like, oh, wow, public transportation. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> Is this what a real city's like? Yeah. So, Drew, are you are you on Reddit much? I think I'm only a Redditor, like, in the technical sense. Like, <laughs> right, you, know, you have you, an account. You go yeah. and you access the site because there's a lot of stuff on it, yeah. Well, so I don't know if you've been keeping up then, because there was a couple of days where a lot of different subreddits were doing a bit of a protest. Reddit had a thing about their API and it was going to cost them too much money, so they were going to hike prices. So a bunch of these subreddits went uh, private only, which means that the API can't crawl their uh, posts. And so the idea was, you know, we're going we're gonna to do a blackout. We're going to do a blackout. Uh, user Jeremy Smiles on Twitter was following a Twitch stream collecting all the subreddits that were protesting. It's this scrolling bit of text on the screen. You know, it's like, uh, our Bitcoin has has gone private, and it tells you how many subscribers that particular subreddit has. Well, some of them got really, really particular and very, very funny. Like there's this huge list, but here's here's a couple, and it's this is all in a row. Our straight girls playing has gone private. Our rear pussy has gone private. <laughs> our face down ass up has gone private. Our bursting out has gone private. Our asshole behind thong has gone private. Where are you going to go to be a pervert looking for homegrown? That's what I'm telling you. If Reddit's not there for you. Uh, let's see. Our arranged marriage. Our bikini bridge. I don't even know what that is. Uh, our wedding ring showing. That is literally homegrown porno where the woman is just showing her wedding ring as well as the goods. 
Like it's it's a, I don't, a very, specific, very specific thing. Our uh, pog tastic. Of course, we get to fat ass white girl. Our uh, naughty in public. But then it got really weird because like some of them are are so specific. But my favorite combination that came one right after the other, like within a second, and it was are the Sopranos, hundred k plus subscribers. Are jerk off to anime also a hundred k plus subscribers? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think those communities are related? That's why. <laughs> I I thought that all of the internet was jerk off to anime, and that you had to, right. You had to create a community where you don't do that if you want to have if you want to have a space yeah <laughs> isn't that what something awful did when they banned all the anime people and they formed 4chan but yeah the 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 post is very funny how reddit is 90% extremely specific perverts and 10% crypto I yeah. think that's some, yeah. Sub, yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good and, and guys that want to talk about like old guitar pedals and oh, like yeah. stuff like that but yeah it's mostly being some sort of deviant yeah there's a lot of hobby spaces on there. It does seem pretty useful for that. Uh, but like you said, it was a little, uh, seemed a little strange to go and say, hey, you know, the mods of uh, uh, R slash guitar pedal or, or R slash synthesizer have decided in solidarity to, uh, you know, make it so you can't fix your synthesizer for two days, which is fine, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh i i don't know i i think uh you know i have solidarity to to labor strikes i think sure. uh when it comes to uh being like a volunteer cop on a website <laughs> like you have put yourself in that position of being a volunteer unpaid cop you have decided to work for free for a corporation. You've explicitly decided this. So you've already, right. uh, you know, like it or not, I think at that point you've already given up your autonomy. Maybe uh, you don't, you know, you don't own the means of communication, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, the world would be great if we had a, a co-op where it was essentially Reddit and, you know, people owned this giant service that had, you know, all of the world's information because Google is not useful anymore. No. And, you know, everything is turning toward this AI model of like trying to figure out what you want. And unless you want to buy dog food, like you never get what you're looking for. And even then you get, you know, it, it, the, you get the stuff that has like metal shavings in it. So yeah. Yeah. R slash metal shavings. I'm sure there's a whole community. <laughs> Of like incels that poison dogs, I would oh, I would believe that. I'm just like imagining like someone like you know biking to like a office park and they go and sit down and they mod like r slash like hedge mazes for a couple hours so they can <laughs> they can stay good with the the co op forum. You know, it, it's not the worst one. I mean, you know, it could be like you know r sounding or something. You know, just like yeah, jeez. Well, I guess I think of redditors more like Cenobites. They're you know explorers in the in the furthest reaches of depravity. <laughs> you know, just you know, gods to some, demons to others. You know, sure, that sure. Bit, yeah. The Cenobites really, I mean, they will they will emerge from hell and visit you. I think that's the thing with a lot of these folks online is uh, all of this has to be done. There's like a veneer of remoteness, right? That is cast over everything that's over everything that's happening except 
uh, I, I've seen two pictures that were described as Reddit meetup. One of them, oh, so the one of them is like, uh, I, it was Baltimore. It was like a mid-sized city. Nothing wrong with Baltimore. Just, I, I'm pretty sure it was specifically that city where it was just, it was like a hundred people and it was like the most average regular people that you could find. And like two of them had taken their shirts off. So you had just like <laughs> this group photo of like computer users and there was like a couple people with their tits out, right? And yeah. the second photo that I know that's labeled Reddit Meetup is actually I I had seen this photo, right? And it's a couple of dudes, maybe in their thirties, and they're doing something bizarre. I don't remember if they're I don't remember if they're wearing diapers. And it's like it looks like a private meeting, <laughs> but there's a several, maybe ten or twelve people in this room. Uh, maybe they're just they're just wearing uh, you know briefs and they've got their shirts tucked into their briefs and they're like goofing off and then in the background you can see this young lady and she's sitting on a beanbag and she is like very tightly hugging her legs to each other. It's like this is the worst thing she's ever been a part of, and she is also <laughs> the oh. only uh, she's the only like female presenting person in the picture <laughs> and so it is and, yeah. and the reason why i associate this with reddit meetup in my mind is because i had this picture i had seen it a couple times floating around like weird pics on the web or whatever and one day i thought mm. well i'm gonna i'm gonna put it into google image search which by the way no longer works in 2023 google yeah. image search doesn't yeah. work uh, but i yeah. uploaded it into that and it said best guess colon reddit meetup <laughs> <laughs> okay so maybe you know maybe it works from time to time but yeah they, they, and i've i've you know something awful which was a forum that brian and i were, were active on at a, at a certain point in time they had goon meets you know they yeah. had they had some infamous ones of those and and those wound up generally being even more debauched than the you know the baltimore meetup or whatever but, oh uh, yeah there's <laughs> I, I can think of some. I, I remember like the goon camp meetup of this <laughs> ginger wearing a, a slightly overweight ginger man wearing a a, a, ch a children's like uh, Oscar the Grouch shirt that says like I love garbage and just like it's just like the sweatiest looking photo. But yeah, because they they met in the summer because it was yeah. a camp out. So yeah, and you think about like moist. what hygiene was in the mid aughts for for guys and yeah. like it was it was the dark days it's very a very moist man and then we elected one president so i don't know we have a moist a mo we got a moist man we got a moist guy uh let's see here oh uh, another thing that that kept happening on the web this week uh, of course I, I'm, I'm sticking a lot to twitter these days because I, for some reason i feel like it's like i gotta record all the shit from there before somebody kicks over a server and everything goes down so they've been unleashing the t-shirt bots you know yeah. you know these things so you'll you'll post something that you drew drew i know you do this one very well uh, that you created and someone will respond i want that on a shirt and then immediately a bot will respond this is where i got it and it's a link to like some drop shipper and now i know drew you did for a long while did t-shirts of your own stuff i i sell t-shirts to this day yeah okay still do fantastic yeah cuz i <laughs> I've always uh, admired the fact that, like, okay, you know, I got I got comics. I'm doing this and now. I'm gonna also do T-shirts. So do you guys do them? You guys largely do them by hand, right? No, they're all they're all print on demand. The thing is, you can't. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, you can't print not in you know this era of globalization. Now they have these machines that will. It's like ten percent 
less quality than you know screen printing it with a plastisol inks mm-hmm. like several layers and drying it and stuff uh yeah we do it all print on demand that's probably the only way to stay sane <laughs> i gotta say because i did it for several bands that i was in and yeah doing it by hand is a labor of love to be sure and you know you just end up with weird sizes and then you got a shirt still left on your site then you only have it in extra small and somebody's like but i need a large and you're like well i have to print if you know if i'm going to print them i have to go to my shop and i have to get at least you know 72 i think was the case quantity so it, yeah. it it's you know there were some bottlenecks in the process but uh i mean we do we do four color separations mm-hmm. we do full color stuff for share zone now so like it's all it's all print on demand we can't handle doing that like uh physically ourselves but no it's all vertically integrated and you know they have fucking computers do it and i think you know the order comes in one end and i'm like 90 percent sure that other than like loading blank t-shirts into the machine i think the whole thing is all fucking conveyor belts you know so these t-shirt bots actually make it worse because now they're doing print on demand for someone else like you're not getting a cut of that if someone does this t-shirt bot nonsense under your post So, a couple of users on Twitter took it upon themselves to fuck with the t-shirt bots. One of my favorite ones is at PenfoldsIV. I guess he's going for Penfold5, but anyway, Ernest Penfold is the the guy's name. Wow, I want this on a shirt. For the love of God, somebody please put this on a shirt. And it's not licensed by the Walt Disney Company. It's a crude drawing of Mickey Mouse saying, I'm Mickey Mouse and I smell like rotten eggs. Ha ha. Then underneath is this is not a parody. We committed copyright infringement and want to be sued by Disney. We pay all court and tribunal fees. <laughs> and so they, that's the t-shirt bot honeypot. They caught a few of them in that one. That one is great. A couple of them got really nasty. Like Elon Musk solicited me for sex in his private jet and all I got was this lousy t-shirt and also a horse. <laughs> I think the other the one I saw was the uh, the owner of this t-shirt website is a pedophile. Yes, but those just the idea that we're gonna mess with the bots, that's to me is uh, okay. We're doing something useful with the site at least. Yeah, I mean Twitter has kind of uh, shit the bed, really. I mean it's sort of a, a passe observation to even make at this point, but I'd say you know you can look at however many people you have following you you know if you have a thousand people following you on twitter it it would be easy to imagine that unless you personally know that you are you have a disproportional number of them that are like still using it so they're like Mm -hmm. committing to bathing in this sort of vortex (laughs) of like negative emotions and and yeah. bad vibes, you know, like uh, just like you said, Cenobites is basically the only people <laughs> you've got at, at the Chatterer, at Butterbean, <laughs> you know, all these guys uh, just sucking up like the the hatred. And so I I would estimate 90% of anybody, especially if you've been on there 10, 12, 15 years, 90% of, of who it says you got on there, they're dead. They're either oh, yeah. they're either actually dead or they, you know, walked away from their account. Uh, one of the funniest things about online is that when somebody makes a big deal and they're like, "All right, I'm out." Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you, you, yeah. no, you have to engage in like psychology 101 to understand. Okay, if somebody was going to leave, 
because they didn't like it and they didn't care about it anymore, they would just close the app and probably just keep the app on their phone and just decline to use it further. They wouldn't write. Right. They wouldn't write a letter. Yeah, the I'm quitting letter, the classic. Yeah, there there have been a lot of those uh, over oh, yeah. the years, and you know that's an old time. That's an old time forum staple. I was I was gonna say yeah that goes that goes way back. Dear Richard, dear oh yeah, dear Richard, I'll never use your site again. Uh, but yeah, you, you'd even have people in like GBS or one of the you know the gray forum or the pink forum being like, "You guys just don't get me. I'm out of here." And then you'll see them lurking every couple of days. On, you know, they're, yeah, they're they're still on they're still on there. Don't don't you know? So uh, Drew, are you familiar with the GeoGuessr guy? You know this guy. I've heard of him, Rainbow. He actually made uh, a headline this week about a bagel. Now, th- this is uh, Kate Natopoulos, formerly of BuzzFeed, writing for GQ, because this is where we're at these days. Uh, <laughs> TikTok user named Casket Paint posted a video of this egg bagel sandwich, saying it was the best he'd ever had, but also saying to his viewers he's never going to reveal the bagel shop or his exact order quote just know the sandwich is good and you'll never have it in your life which uh, i it's a weird flex but okay but rainbolt took it seriously rainbolt took it personally and so he for two straight days <laughs> dissected that tiktok and was like he found the bagel he fa- he he got he got a new york bagel expert I didn't know there was such a thing, but apparently there's a guy in New York who's like a bagel expert to confirm that it was the place. It was a place called Bagel Market. It was a, a location near Pace University in Lower Manhattan. And so Rainbolt contacted Bagel Market, called up the owner and was like, hey, so I want you to n- name this guy's order after me so that every time he orders it, he has to say my name. What a flex. Like... It's it's one thing to just be like, hey, you shouldn't gatekeep food. Here's where the thing is. It is another thing to be like next level petty. I don't think I've ever been that petty at someone. <laughs> I I only dream to be that petty. I was gonna say, yeah, that jeez, it's just like I I ridiculous. It's incredible. And the thing the thing is that's crazy is that GeoGuessr is like a really to me at least it's a very fun and it's a very positive game now this yeah. yeah you know you click in it drops you at a point and you essentially click around as if you're driving the google mm-hmm. street view car and you look around and you say uh well you know this sign this looks like i'm in uh you know kansas this looks like a kansas state route because it has like the kansas sunflower on it and then you're like, okay, okay I'm on Kansas 105. I'm going to drive down the road. I see a little town name. I look for the town name. Uh, it's kind of fun. And especially if you go through the world, you get to drive around in places that, you, I mean, I've never been. I've never been to Australia. I've never been to South Africa, uh, Nigeria. Uh, there's just incredible places that you can go and, and drive around and really just get you know feel the vibe it's not quite 3d but it's 360 degrees this rainbolt guy is insane too he'll drop in and be like oh this looks like ukraine two clicks later he goes yep we're in pripyat and then just like it hits the clock like he's a chess grandmaster like this guy just if you watch his videos it's 
baffling. How did you see that? What did you, you know, where did you get that idea that like this is a, a highway in Minsk? Like what, what is going on here? My background, I find this like unrelatable because the point of of doing something like that for me is to, you know, go in and, and get a sense of like traveling somewhere where, mm. you know, I can't get on a plane right now. True. You know, I'm not going to be able to afford to go to Mongolia. I'm not going to be able to afford to go to like Eastern Russia. I'm not going to be able to go to the Alps. Right. And to to drive around and see this and especially like city scenes, you see people walking around, you see businesses. And so you feel like you get this sense of maybe what people are doing in their lives and you can kind of marvel at the human experience. And it's incredible to take that and turn it into like some miserable pile of hate. It's really (laughs) just, it's unbelievable to me. It just seems like stomping on a, on a kitten, just something (laughs) that really is, is beyond belief. I really, I really don't understand it. And also, the thing about this story that's particularly gruesome. Uh, and so, first of all, I take it personally because I like GeoGuessr. It's a fun game, despite the fact that you know there's a lot of people playing it who see it as like a memorization thing, and that's fine. People get what they want out of what they do, but. I I find this really a miserable thing to do. And also, you know, I don't have a lot of racist fans, okay? I, I've been online 20 years. Uh, I don't yeah. post racist stuff. I'm not racist, and I don't condone it. And, you know, if, if people are doing it around me, I try to stamp them out, right? Yeah, yeah, I make, as you should. I make yeah. fun of them. I tell them that they're doing wrong. I'm like, you know... This is not cool. You can't say this certain thing. This, you know, makes people feel less than, and they're not. The guy who ate the bagel, first of all, he posts and he's like, I'm eating a bagel. You'll never have it. Well, this guy's black. And this fucking GeoGuessr guy's fans go after him on a racial basis. They're tracking him Mm. down and you know following him on all platforms and making them all unusable for this guy who is sharing his lunch or his breakfast or whatever on social media this is a very normal and a positive thing to do and you know one of my favorite things to do is to go online and see somebody i know either got some food that looks great or they cooked some food and i'm like wow looks great you know people can share in a positive experience and that's what I get out of yeah. GeoGuessr. I don't get a right. legion of racists just waiting <laughs> to have like a target for me to point them at. That's just insane. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that out of something that's on its face very chill. Yeah. I didn't even think about that aspect of it because it, I didn't think that like he had any kind of racial edge to it. I think he was just like, well, don't gatekeep the sandwich. Let me know where it's at. You put his skills to the use, you know what I mean? Well, you got to you gotta ask yourself what else he's doing that didn't make the news story that caused him to have a legion of racist fans. Cause that's like, the part, cause yeah. Because like that's, I, I said, I, I don't have any racist fans. Anybody who thought they were my fan and told me they were racist, I've 
told him to go fuck a, a chainsaw or whatever, right? <laughs> right, as well you should. See, that's a part of the story that even like th- that GQ article uh, didn't fully address. Let's wait say. a second. Uh, Are you saying that a men's <laughs> a men's magazine aimed at the, I know. at the upscale market did not address the racial overtones of this I of know. this racist cyber bullying map guy? <laughs> I for one am shocked, shocked <laughs> that there is gambling in this place. Yeah. Uh, it's just like I don't always drop the Casablanca references, but I just it, that one comes yeah. up a lot these days. Uh, <laughs> hey, I I wait a second. I just noticed that this Washington Post article. <laughs> <laughs> Something's amiss here. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I should uh, consider the source and all, but uh, just I, I just thought that the story itself was entertaining. Just because, like, wow, that's a level of obsession that I can't commit to for damn near anything except for this show. <laughs> except for doing this podcast. Well, uh, uh, Drew, it's time for uh, one of our favorite segments of the show. It's, of course, the Crypto Scam of the Week. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Crypto Scam of the Week. Uh, this week brought to you by our good friend at XBT. Letting us know that uh, a BNB Discord server was compromised in a post on the 6th. So this was actually happening during our recording last week that we found this out. So, uh, Drew, just to kind of level set here, how much are you familiar with crypto? I've I've been aware of it uh, since probably 2009 or 2010. Basically, since, since a Bitcoin was worth... 10 cents or a dollar or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, the days where you, the guy who. The Mount, the only way you could exchange it was what? Mount Gox? Yes. I think, the, for a the Magic the Gathering online exchange is <laughs> the only way you could. The best, the best part about that is that magic cards have gone way up in value. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can still exchange them for money at any point. Yeah. For like real money at a store. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> From a person you may or may not know. Right. Yeah. Or, or even if you just sell them on Facebook Marketplace, you still are like interacting with another human. Uh, so this story involves a, a trading platform called Binance. Binance has been in a bit of a legal trouble, of course. They have a proprietary coin or a proprietary blockchain called BNB Chain. All right. So it is a, a blockchain project associated with this uh, this crypto company called Binance. Binance is having a lot of legal troubles, and so some enterprising hacker decided that they were going to take advantage. So this is actually related to Discord, too. So this is kind of a, a twofer. Someone managed to hijack the vanity URL for BNB chain, which links to a Discord server. The scammers created a fake Discord channel separate from what the real one is, and saying, in order to curb the reactionary market's response to patently false Securities and Exchange Commission allegations, we are hosting an airdrop to show our faith in the community. Share your wallet, you know, and, and we'll give you 100,000 BNB, which is like 30 million USD. So <laughs> just the idea that anyone associated with Binance would do something like that isn't that far off the... They're going nuts over there. Binance is in trouble. They're all, you know, kind of shit in the bed. Like, 
that they would panic throw you some B&B. It's not outside the realm of possibility. It's weird. And you should be aware of anything like that. But well, I think at this point, the crypto scams are operating under a, a model that was kind of pioneered by, I think they were called 419 scammers back in the day. And this was, oh, yeah. you know, an email scam. And yes. they were very widely joked about once they came into vogue because the people who wrote them uh, wrote them grammatically poorly with spelling mistakes. And so, you know, 99.99% of the people who saw it said, well, this is this is obviously not legit. This is a scam. Um, and it was only the most gullible people that fell for it. Well, this acts as a filter. So if you're mm -hmm. going to respond to the email, you are already gullible enough to believe that you can get some free money out of it. Now, all of crypto is based around this idea. After they made the first Bitcoin, right? People mm -hmm. said, well, you can get in on this electronic currency and I mean, personally, I had seen other electronic currencies such as Beans, Flues, and Liberty Reserve. Uh, Flues, oh, wow. oh, Flues had Whoopi Goldberg as their sponsor. Yes, yeah, indeed. so these, these croaked, and there wasn't anything compelling about it to me, but you know, people talked about it because the nature of the scam is that you have to evangelize. You have to tell yes. everybody about it to get everybody in so the value keeps going up. I'm sure you've covered this at some point, but... Uh, it's good to get back to basics. You're right, because, yeah, in order to have anything, you have to have others who are suckers enough to give you something. That's Right, yeah. right, exactly. And so once you get into a derivative of a derivative of a derivative so the binance is mixing customer funds with its own funds and they're yeah. doing the coinbase thing of considering us dollars held in coin see it's also shaky that like even if you've read about it and you know about it it doesn't make a ton of sense but they're commingling all these funds purportedly According to Alleg according to a little group called the SEC. Yeah, what do they know? Right, you know, they're not <laughs> any kind of authority. You know, not that I'm a Fed sucker or anything. No. They're all operating in a way that is like beyond reproach anyway. <laughs> uh, so I don't have any love for the SEC. But when uh, somebody you hate fights someone else you hate, hey, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a great <laughs> thing to see. Something good is going to happen in the world one hopes and so when you have a derivative of this binance and the binance funds and now we find out that it's mixed with coinbase which is already and also shaky i'm sure you guys talked with ed zitron about this he knows oh god he yeah. knows a lot more yeah he knows a lot more than i do oh yeah he's actually one one of my buddies that like keeps me up on what's on what's happening with this same here uh, like I, I i read his newsletter obsessively for that reason like he'll just he'll break it down and i'll go oh okay i think i understand that and then like 10 minutes later i forget all about it because like my brain can't contain it all but uh somehow his does but <laughs> but yeah so if you've got three levels of scams you've only got the very most gullible people and so at that point once you take your your hundred suckers you've got a good success rate yeah. You know, compared if you say, well, I only got I only scammed 50 people out of eight billion on the earth. 
well, that's a, not a very good scam. But if you scam 50 out of 100, well, that, you did well. That's incredible. Yeah, that's right? a good yeah, it's a good hit rate. Yeah. But yes, so this apparently was caught very quickly, thankfully. Uh, Zach XPT reporting that it was only about 10 minutes that they banned the offending accounts, removed the posts, secured the servers, etc. However, less than an hour later, they put out a new tweet announcing that the URL had been hijacked and redirected to a new server. So people are still trying to fuck that chicken, still <laughs> trying to get that particular one oh, going. God. And I get it. it. They're in the news. People are going to start looking it up. You're going to start getting that interest cycle going. <sighs> And I was saying this off mic, airdrops in general, I've never heard of an airdrop being anything good in the last 15 years, at least, if not longer. We're going to airdrop this much. No, it's all it's all bubkis. It's There's nothing there. They're just trying to get your wallet and then take whatever you got. Yeah, I mean, my kid airdrops me stuff like a picture today. She she sent me a picture of a goose smoking a cigarette. That was pretty good. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'll take that. I'll take that over trying to, like, give me Bitcoin or whatever. So, <laughs> our, uh, our main topic this week, though, uh, that we had, John, uh, to talk about, Drew, is something... Because, you know, you and I uh, talked briefly, uh, again, off mic about the early web and how things have really uh, changed for people. But the one thing that I've always been fascinated by is cult behavior online. And, of course... Your show, Everything is Real, there have been several episodes dealing with cults and cult-like behavior. We have talked about a lot of different subjects. One of the things we talked about as far as cults was Bohemian Grove, which uh, mm. which is almost like, you know, just mentioning the name, it's like a dog whistle, but it's an actual, yeah. it's an actual physical place. Uh, some of the world's richest and most influential people go there. Uh, we kind of looked into that and found out what they're really doing. Spoiler alert, they're basically getting together and drinking for two weeks and partying. Are they cutting deals? Probably, but they're mostly there partying. Yeah, and I th isn't there like a play? The Something about the, the love and... Oh, no, that's... That's the veiled prophet, the, the queen of love and grace. What is the... You know, they do different plays every year at Bohemian Grove, and they write up these, oh? they write up these scripts, yeah. And they have uh, the hijinks and the low jinks. It's this incredibly intricate sort of setup for... And, you know, we're talking about members of the World Economic Forum. We're talking about world leaders. You know, Henry Kissinger was a big uh, Bohemian Grover. Uh, as were many of of our nation's presidents, secretaries of state, you know. Oh, it was the the, the cremation of care was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the cremation of care. Yeah. but I got it mixed up with the uh, <laughs> with the veiled prophets in St. Louis. That one started back in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, and basically, uh, it's just sort of this ritualized idea of saying, "Hey, you know, you come here, you put you put your worldly cares." into this box and then we torch them we do like a wicker man burning man you know type setup and then you can while out the rest uh the rest of your time here it, it's just sort of a ritualized way of doing that it is not as some have imputed uh in a cult ritual to moloch or mm -hmm. or ball even <laughs> though there are aspects that remind you of it i you know i don't think there's anything uh magic happening there one would hope not because i mean they're not exactly like all that hush hush about it i mean it has a wikipedia page <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right it's exactly not like they're it's not like they're hiding it uh, that well at least uh, yeah. 
on that kind of tip, the Heaven's Gate thing was, and I, I know uh, Brian here is a little bit younger than than myself, but you remember this distinctly, I'm sure. Oh yeah, as a like, big news event. Yeah, I remember remember it happening. Like I think probably saw something like the evening news when I was like a kid and being like, "Huh, it's the comet." Like, hmm. adults are weird. Like, is this what, this is what you do when you grow up? You're just like, I, I gotta find something good to die for. Like, <laughs> it's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for most people, it's like I'm gonna die for I don't know Donald Trump. I don't. Know, but that's that's uh, recent. Bush's but... <laughs> oil profits. Oh yeah, <laughs> that too. Apparently, the group behind it. This is something I didn't know until starting to do some research into it in the, in the past couple of days. Was the group behind it actually started in the '70s? This was new to me. I didn't know they were that long in the tooth. Because apparently it was started by, let's see here, it was a Presbyterian minister, I believe. Marshall Applewhite. Yeah, and his, yes. and his wife at the time. Yeah. and uh, yeah, A Bonnie, yeah. And, you know, this this guy tried some different things, and he ended, on, he ended up doing this. Um, and really it was pretty standard commune-type stuff in the 70s mm. and it was only in its latest years did they really uh, go off the rails and look to a lot of americans you know communal living living in shared quarters and you know working on a business to bring in money to your to your commune uh, that's weird behavior but you know in the 70s a lot of people were doing this my family and i just moved to vermont and there's a ton of folks that came from a movement called Back to the Land. If you heard of this, oh, I've heard of yeah, I've I've heard of Back to the and, Land. Yeah. And the folks that do it are called Back to the Landers. And so, mm-hmm. uh, a few decades ago, people decided, hey, we are getting out of the city. We're getting out of this industrialized, increasingly globalized behavior. We're gonna go work the land. We're gonna go get some land. We're gonna, you know, have some cheap buildings, some cabins set up. And we're going to live communally in an intentional family or just as regular family, or maybe we'll have a few families together. And honestly, it basically all works out unless you have a psycho leader who like takes control of it and decides, okay, we're all going to cut our balls off and kill ourselves. And that does happen. I mean, Jim Jones and a few others in history have, have definitely gone down that path. I mean, Applewhite is no, is, is, is no exception. I'll tell you what they're going to do now. After Heaven's Gate happened, what they're going to do is anytime there's a mass suicide, they're checking mm. their balls. Because <laughs> they're going to be like, all right, let's see how crazy these guys really were. Yeah, did they did they go all the way? Right, right. <laughs> so what I think what really took Applewhite over the edge was that his uh, his partner Bonnie died in the eighties. They had this whole built-in bit. You know, they were they were characterized as a UFO religion. You know, their their theology was kind of millenarianism, which is like the millennium is coming and and that's when the rapture is going to happen. Um, some new age woo woo stuff, ufology, uh, ufology. The idea was that the followers would transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings by rejecting their human nature, and then they would ascend to heaven or the next level. They would ascend aboard a UFO. That was the idea. The, the bodies are just vessels, and your consciousness would go to the next level aboard a UFO. 
Well, when Bonnie died and that didn't happen, it started to kind of shake him very much in that when prophecy fails type of, of thing where he had to kind of readjust. And that's when some of the darker impulses of the of the cult started to kind of come about. Well, and I think also that it's a little late to be pointing fingers, but I think honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he didn't have any way of not knowing that her consciousness didn't ascend because if the body is just a meat suit, which sad to say, we're having psychology and philosophy yeah. sort of converge and we're kind of finding out that it is and we're starting to get just the very first vestiges of understanding of what consciousness is mm -hmm. and you know without going into the whole metaphysics of it there are ideas that have perpetuated through time and there are ideas which which you can you know, think about pretty deeply just by doing some some simple thought experiments, right? The idea that your consciousness is going to leave your body and you're going to move on, that is, by the book, Hinduism and Buddhism. You know, when you're 17 yeah. and you decide, I don't believe in Jesus, I'm going to see what else is out there. You're like, wait, I can live forever? Okay, well, that's one alternative <laughs> that I'm keeping in mind. This, is, this uh, seems pretty solid. And so this is this is really interesting. Once you get into ufology, once you get into metaphysics, you do start finding that there's this convergence on, you know, sort of the models of Eastern religion. And so mm -hmm. one of one of the theories that is sort of starting a burgeoning field in philosophy and in psychology, for that matter, is the idea that consciousness is primary. In other words, that hmm. yourself of who you are is is the primary existence of what is happening. And your perception of what's happening around you in three dimensions is a projection of your consciousness interacting with the world. Now, you can do a very simple experiment. I love thinking about this stuff, right? You're in your house, you go to work, you come home, you're in your house, you say, I should cook dinner, right? I should cook dinner. Okay. You don't cook dinner, you sit on your couch and you look at your phone, you say, I should cook dinner. You look at your phone for an hour and you're like, shit, I should cook <laughs> dinner. You look at your phone, you eventually eat like an orange and a bag of potato chips, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Every single person, this is a uniting experience, assuming Assuming you Chip have dinner. yeah, assuming you have three dollars, like you have done this in your life. I've mm. I've done it, of course. Everybody's yeah. done this. So if you if you're in charge of yourself, if you're in your body and you run your body and you run your brain, why are you watching yourself not do what you want? You want to do something and you can't make it happen? Well, that's kind of shocking. It's really, it just seems wrong. It, yeah. it points to maybe our models of where we are and who we are as not being entirely correct. Right. Do you ever stub your toe on something and you say, oh, oh, I, stubbed, oh yeah. I stubbed my toe. I stubbed my toe. It's my toe. I own it. I didn't stub me. I stubbed my toe. I think that in some cases, the way we use language maybe reveals 
that even we have an internal idea of what is happening in our consciousness and our bodies that you know society is not indulging as a possible model for the universe this is all to say that marshall applewhite should have <laughs> accepted that yeah. you know if he if his wife went if his, if his wife's consciousness went to another plane if she got reincarnated if she went to another planet if she went back to the universal consciousness to merge with the monad and then emerge in a different point at a different incarnation all these things could have happened and this this is not happening in our three-dimensional reality hmm. and so that could have been easily acceptable but instead there was this tale spun up about uh, the alien craft hiding behind the hale bop comet right Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the comet comes in. So they seize on the comet. And I think this was 1997. So like you mentioned, the yeah. millennium is coming up. And so things are starting mm -hmm. to get a little touchy. Mm -hmm. So they seize on this and they say, well, there's an alien craft and it's hiding behind the comet. You can't see it <laughs> because right, they're using right. And that would be smart. That would be smart. If you were to imagine that that's how aliens travel, which they don't. They move through dimensions. It's a whole different thing. physical travel would probably be the most inefficient, and we know that because you know we tried to go to the moon. Exactly, exactly. So a year before what we now know as the Heaven's Gate uh, ascension, Applewhite and five other cult members were castrated. This is what Drew was referring to earlier. Someone who received videotapes describing the intention said they couldn't stop smiling and giggling about the procedure. They were excited about it. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, I'd have to think I was really right about something. You like, have yeah, to be nuts. Don't need them. Fully committed to the. Yeah, it's just like I'm. I'm going to be a millionaire in space. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna live forever among the stars. Fuck y'all. I don't need a date. Fuck these nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, and the 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 thing about that that was a little depressing is like a lot of cults, they basically said, hey, you know, you have to be. You have to be asexual, regardless. You have to, in practice, be uh, be celibate, right? Asexual is not yeah, the right word. Purity. Yeah, you know, whatever your own orientation or your your desire, your interest in sex is, you are not allowed mm. to indulge in it in any way. In some part, uh, there were people among the group who had problems complying with that, and you know, they would get punished. They get uh, mm -hmm. They'd get you know put on punishment duty and stuff by uh, by Apple White, and so I think maybe for some of them it was like I don't need this. I'm leaving my earthly body behind and my balls too. I'll set the <laughs> you know I'll set them free first. Um, but yeah. I know um, in you know reading about the fallout and you know there was a documentary that came out a few years back uh, yeah. about Heaven's Gate. It's excellent, by the way. If, if for those of you in the audience who have not seen it, I don't know what streaming platform it's on now, but that it's really eye-opening because it describes a lot of stuff that I didn't know even at the time. You know, the age of what sixteen when when the story came out. Yeah, I got the feeling that they were maybe doing this so they could be a better member of the group without having to fight these urges, which is yeah, uh, and, and you know. Uh, you never like to see people kill themselves. No, no. But you can't tell adults they can't be a member of a group. 
And if you could tell adults that they weren't allowed to be a group where you didn't mm -hmm. have sex, then that would immediately disband like the, a lot of the clergy in churches mm. just in America, you know, America, Europe, right, right. the Western <laughs> world. And mm. so we do have cults where people are not allowed to indulge sexually. And in some of them, like the Catholic Church, I don't want to name any names, but their initials are the Catholic Church. They, right. they <laughs> have, you know, there's a ton of nice Catholics. Nothing wrong with anybody mm -hmm. who believes in the religion. Uh, I'm a recovering Catholic. Plenty, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just no. I want to be. I want to be inclusive. Any path that anybody finds that brings them happiness, I'm on board with it. But it's just like, sure. uh, you know, the leadership. So you've got uh, effectively a leadership that is whitewashing massive amounts of child abuse and sexual abuse towards women, and so. That's why you can't tell, you know, 16 or 20 adults who run a web design right. company, hey, you can't cut your balls off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. One of the other fascinating things, I think the documentary went over it, but I, I found this great Rolling Stone article from, from 2017, which was the 20th anniversary of the event. And it said members were devoted to the master cleanse. Do you know what this is, uh, guys? The master cleanse, are you, uh, like... Uh, are you talking about the juice? The lemon juice? Yeah. Lemonade, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup. And apparently this is all they subsisted on for three months prior to the mass suicide event. Is that... They were getting their... I mean, cutting the balls off, drinking nothing but lemonade. This is, it <laughs> tastes awful. Oh, it's awful. I like worked with people at Whole Foods that were all about doing that shit. The master cleanse dates back to the 70s. Yeah, I still I'm fascinated by the fact that it's still around because you still see people on fucking I know people TikTok. To do it. Yeah, it, 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 people on TikTok are still people talking. We about know it. Jason. That's have true. Done it. That's true. That's fair. I God, I think I did it once, and I did it once, and said this is not for me. Yeah, no, I'll no. I'll, I'll be a fat shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll carry around this little extra on my gut here, and I'll be fine. I'll just I'll just walk more. Fair. But uh, the master cleanse part really threw me like, okay, they were really committed. Like, they're, they're three months of nothing but this cleanse? That's a commitment. Whew. And I mean, at a certain point, you're not, you're not shitting after that. <laughs> yeah, your body's not really, like, doing the things it should be doing. There's yeah. nothing left in you after that. This other thing, this is something that really fucked me up, is that, okay, so we know that in 97, they recovered 39 bodies. Yeah, March 26, 1997. They've recovered 39 bodies after someone called the cops, basically. They yeah. said, hey, check on these this group of people. Uh, you know, they're, they're usually in the community. We haven't seen them for a while. Well, they killed themselves using a combination of phenobarbital, alcohol, hydrocodone, usually consumed with applesauce or pudding. Now, the alcohol specifically was vodka. Again, another flavor combination that could not have been good. Jim no. Jones had at least the, the temerity the to use flavor aid, yeah. yeah. And then they put the plastic bags over the heads to make sure that they suffocated. But they found a document called the routine. And the routine outlined a process by which a group of 15 would kill themselves, assisted by eight like trip watchers, essentially, yeah, to make sure that it happened. And then the second group of 15 would kill themselves. 
and then the last eight would have to administer their own. Like, the fact that it was, you know, they watched 15 of their cohorts die and said, cool, I'm next. <laughs> like, they're putting a quarter on an arcade machine. I got next. Like, fucking Christ. I, I think more than anything, this speaks to the emptiness of the American lifestyle. I mean, there's yeah. there's so little going on here. And yeah. it really is, as they say, the cruelty is the point with America. Yeah. The only uh, the only thing we have to make people's lives better is jail, which usually doesn't work. People's wages have remained stagnant for uh, decades at this point. The cost yeah. of living oh, yeah. keeps going up. They figured out they can make us pay more for food for no reason, and we have to do it. They can uh, kick you out of your apartment and charge the next guy $500 more a month. And on top of that, there's no cultural identity for Americans. In fact, the only American cultural identity that there is is one of like blind patriotism, war, and hatred. If you don't subscribe to, you know, Hector Camacho... You know, with the with the machine guns on top of the tractor tricycle, you know, in the American flag cut off tank top, shooting a machine right. gun in each hand and saying, fuck you. Like, if if you don't subscribe to that, then you have no American culture. I will say this. The, the Hector Camacho is far more preferable to whatever the fuck the Trump people have going on. I will take Hector Camacho over, like... Uh, I don't know. Trans people are gross. Like I, 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 I don't know. At, at least Hector Camacho. Seemed Hector to have Camacho a... seems like he's enjoying life. Like <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah, he's not a miserable pile of shit like Charlie Kirk. Maybe or he is a miserable yeah. pile of shit, but he's not the same kind. Like there's the misery uh, and alienation of my existence, particularly here in America. Like with everything Drew said, you also got to think of like if you're not consuming then you're empty as well. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's a very like 19, late 1990s like talking point it's there. It's very but, like, Busters, yeah, uh, yeah. Fuck. Don't compare <laughs> me to Busters, bro. Come on, man. You're hurting me. But the alienation, the, the just like, you just buy shit. You know, like, yeah. I've worked places where we did so much paperwork that like people would joke like, we don't come here to do what we do. We come here to fucking waste paper. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. the, the point of of existence gets really muddy that gets lost and people they get adrift and that's how they get into things like heaven's gate or QAnon or you can really see a through line too from heaven's gate to QAnon. like there's a wish fulfillment that happens because i mean what do the heaven's gate people want they want freedom from the earthly bonds right in which 96 those same things were the same problems we're talking about now yeah. same shit was happening yeah. so that they're looking for something else right they're looking for a release an escape as it were and they think okay well this is the way we do it QAnon people are the same way they want the things that bother them which are granted mostly it's like hillary clinton existing but they want they want those things you know they want the advance of modern society to stop and the only way it's going to stop is by fully committing to this cause and that's how you get guys storming the capitol if you really dig into it, and uh, 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 that's not a topic for this show, because God, we were mostly about dick jokes here. But <laughs> but if you really want to, I'm sure somebody like Will Sommer or whoever can can 
dig into that but cult behavior is cult behavior like there's a lot of similarities regardless that's that's yeah and it's just it's like a lot of things it's a maladaptation to negative stimulus it's you know you're not you're not enjoying your life or you're enjoying it you know a little bit and along comes something else and you say hey you know this is a new setup that i like a lot more in a lot of cases you have people who are disempowered by being a modern american and you basically tell them hey we will give you power you join us you join this power movement essentially oh what do we call a power movement made up of white people i'll think of it Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) you join this you join this power movement and then you will be empowered. You will be part of a cultural force. And then anytime you want, you can go out like a soldier at a track meet and yell at little girls. Oh, God, that guy. Jesus Christ. Tomato Man, I think, is what some of the kids were calling him. And they're not wrong. The man is beet red like a lobster. Mm. Alex Jones level red. Like that guy was... Anyway. <laughs> but so, I mean, we have we have people falling into these communities and falling into these behaviors because we live in a, a nation that's sick. And, you know, a lot of nations in the Western world are sick. We recently moved. I, I lived in Ohio for a number of years. Part of why we had to move is they armed the teachers in response to yeah. the school shootings. Now, my daughter's in ninth grade now. Even going back to her being in kindergarten, they would have school shooter drills and they'd sing songs about be quiet and you won't get shot and shit like this. Right. And this, <laughs> it's, it's as dark as That's it's upsetting. as dark as it is. But then finally, after this happens and you know, Columbine happened when the year 2000. So it's, it's 99. 99. I was in okay. seventh grade. Yeah. Okay. I was in high school. I was, I was a kid who actually had a black trench coat. Oh, so no, my locker got searched. My mom got called. It was a whole oh, thing. Oh, I, I got almost expelled from school, like, oh. just for being, like, a weirdo that thought, like, Cold Chamber was cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was kind of fucked. Liking the crow. That's oh, a yeah. check on the mark there. Yeah, oh, all right. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. But so they, uh, you know, their solution to all this was to allow the teachers to have guns. You know, segments of our society support this i got a buddy who's still a teacher in ohio he's going to he's god bless yeah he's going to school he's going to grad school now and stuff but he's a teacher in ohio he's talking to one of his neighbors he's like yeah you know these kids i'm just doing my best i want to be a good example he's he's you know younger than we are okay he's in his 30s and so he's like you know he's a young guy pretty cool guy trying to be a good example for the kids really mm-hmm. positive dude and he's talking to you know just one of his neighbors just essentially somebody out on the street in you know the middle of ohio he mentions to his neighbor he said yeah you know these kids are kind of unruly and you know they're you know they're not getting a lot of time from their parents at home and the you know the culture of our of our city is not supporting them x y and z and she says well why don't you bring a gun to school and he's like, what? And she says, well, you know, if you have a gun, maybe they'll shut up. And that's like the level, Ooh. that's like the level of thinking that a lot of people have. You got to realize 
that yeah. in the analogy of, you know, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Most people don't have very many hammers. Okay. Most people That's don't fair. have, That's fair. you know, cognitively many <laughs> ways to deal with something. That's why people still hit their kids. By the way, by the way, uh, this got a very chilly reception from my family. The last time uh, it was mentioned to me that they were the first generation to go to college. I said, that's great. Mm -hmm. You love to see progress. I'm the first generation to not hit my kids. <laughs> so that so that was yeah. like, yeah. did not get <laughs> did not get a great reception. I thought it was funny. Uh, as as did we but uh <laughs> so two last things to wrap up our our Hale-Bopp coverage our, our heaven's gate coverage a heavensgate.com is still a website that you can go to somehow someone has been paying the server bills to keep this website up it does uh look very geo cities very uh, early web runs design. best on netscape 3.0 <laughs> kind of deal yeah it, it does have excerpts from their book which is like yeah, how and when Heaven's Gate may be entered, all that stuff, uh, transcripts of videos. They have a lot of stuff on that. But also, in in doing some research for this episode, I found yet another Rolling Stone article. Now, this one made me laugh probably the hardest I've ever laughed about doing research on the show, especially when it comes to mass suicide. So this was <laughs> from an article called Wu-Tang Family Values. Oh, yeah. Published in 97, July 10th, uh, written by Anthony DeCurtis. And I'm just going to read the first couple of paragraphs because that, that's all that has to do with Heaven's Gate. But it's a, yeah, let's see, after midnight at Absolute Audio Studios in downtown Manhattan, a few members of Wu-Tang Clan lounging in the lounge, marijuana smoke clouds in the air. Boy, that dates it. Marijuana, marijuana. smoke. Uh, the, result <laughs> of, the, the result of the incessant burning of blunts. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to try to do the voices, but. The best rolled L's on this side, the Mississippi. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Um, What's that to Cal, says Raekwon, addressing Method Man by one, another of his tags and gesturing toward the television set. Strange universe is on the box. You ain't seeing what I'm seeing? Meth's lanky frame is stretched out on a chair. The rapper is deeply immersed in a movie script that he's considering for an acting role. I want to say that was for How High. Because it came out like a year later. Anyway, aptly enough, the subject turns to Heaven's Gate. They was dropping it in 60 minutes, God, Ghostface Killer says. They had the other N-words that were saying shit like, I wish I was there. Like, they was down with that shit, but they just happened to miss it that day. Bad, says Meth, shaking his head. Damn, says you, God. Their disbelief is tinged with respect. That respect, however, is short-lived. You said they all had Nikes on, says Raekwon. They all had Nikes on, G, Ghost assures him. What, the aliens had Nikes on? Meth asks, <laughs> still, distra <laughs> still distracted by his reading. No, the Edwards that killed theyself, Raekwon explains. They all have black Nikes on, God. Ghost continues. They had the whack pair of Nikes on, too, he's beginning to chuckle. You know, the regular joints, the first pair, probably. The doofus shit, says Meth dryly. <laughs> The Smurf shit, says you, God. They all collapse into hysterics, clapping and slapping hands. It looked like they was on their way out, said Ghost, mimicking the calm, take me away from all of this posture of the corpses. He stops laughing and takes a moment to collect himself. Those N-words was bugging the fuck out, G, he says in conclusion. They ain't went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
That is how a writer chose to open a profile of Wu Tang Clan in 1997. So, <laughs> music journalism used to be so beautiful. Yeah. I think it it used to have such an audience, and everything you know back then was concentrated. Like you know, they'd have the final episode of Seinfeld. You'd get like 80, oh, 80 million yeah. people watching it. The monoculture. Yeah, yeah monoculture. you don't, on any given day, you don't have 80 million people fucking watching TV now. Yeah, you don't have 80, people, 80 million people doing shit except for, like, being on an app. Right. Yeah. But they're not right. all watching the same thing. Yeah. But I found that article, and I was like, this is too fucking funny. <laughs> just, like, they did this entire, like, a paragraph and a half of just, like, this guy quoting all the Wu-Tang guys, like, going, like, oh, their shoes suck. <laughs> And they like stopped making those shoes, I believe. They actually. had they had stopped making yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I I think it's it's interesting, especially if you know like the background of Wu Tang, they're more closely related than you would think, because, you know, everybody whether you explicitly have one or you have one that's just kind of cobbled together from the way you live, everybody has an ideology. And mm. one of the guiding forces of the Wu-Tang was the Nation of Islam. And right. the supreme mm -hmm. mathematics, which was this numerology, it was kind of, it resembled Kabbalah in a way. Yes. But yes, there were yes. a lot of acronyms. There were a lot of number and letter correspondences. And just like everything else, this is a way to try to make sense of a chaotic world. And especially when you think about the fact that the Nation of Islam was created by and has members of a, a deeply oppressed group in America. Mm -hmm. You've got people trying to make sense of, okay, how do we make anything make sense when, you know, there's this permanent underclass that's been created and every time you gain freedom, people are just aching to rip it away from you because you look different, right? I think asking these guys, and if you really sat them down, and by the way, they call each other gods. This is related to the Nation of Islam. Well, even one of the guys in Wu-Tang is you, Dash God, is you God. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so the idea is that, you know, men and women, that people are, you know, holy beings, and we should respect each other, and that there's a greater purpose to our suffering. And this is like a universal among whether you want to say cults, religions, theologies, ideologies, you know, and you have people, we were talking about Reddit earlier. Well, we have people yeah. who are, who would describe themselves as atheists or, uh, you know, we might call them r slash yeah. atheists. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Neck beards and all, yeah. These are, yeah, these are people who are just explicitly disclaiming any kind of cosmic ideology and just seeking a refuge in the idea of logic, right? Everybody's yeah. feeling, you know, you have people who are agnostic, but all they fucking do is listen to music and talk about music and write about music and go to shows. Well, when you listen to or you perform music, you're connecting to the divine, okay? This uh, is something... Uh, like Lilu, yeah. Yeah, this... In the Hindu sense, yeah. This is just something where you are getting to something that is outside of your own human existence, people like to divide it up and cut it up 
and call it all these little things. I mean, Martin Luther nailing his thing. He's like, fuck your church. I'm doing my own church. I have 95 fucking reasons, right? <laughs> you guys, pay, you guys pay too much for your fucking indulgences. You know, all this shit. So the workings of of the miserable human human existence are just like seeking to chop us up into these little groups. But really, if you just consider that, you know, people all are looking for some way to make sense of a world that just sucks ass, like it all mm -hmm. kind of falls into place. And I, I feel like, you know, Wu-Tang had cooler shoes and maybe that's their 95 <laughs> that's their 95 theses they said look we're not going to rock anything that's bobo that's what we called you know yeah dumb looking clunky <laughs> shoes when i was a kid they're bobos so we're not going to rock the bobos we've got the better nikes these are the first ones they look like shit to us right ghostface was was constantly talking about a, a fucking shoe wallabies uh-huh yeah about his, his wallabies Heaven's Gate has been on a bit of a resurgence. We we briefly talked about uh, the uh, documentary. It was called, I just looked it up. It's Heaven's Gate, The Cult of Cults. Uh, that was an HBO Max one. Uh, Vice Media did one on as part of Dark Side of the 90s. There's a new one coming out called The Leader that just came out in February. And, and even like, we we're talking about Wu Tang and, and rappers. Well, Lil Uzi Vert in 2018, Eternal uh, Eternal A Take was the the name of the record he was promoting, but he did it with some Heaven's Gate imagery. Oh yeah. Apparently, he was threatened by two of the surviving members of Heaven's Gate with legal action, saying that he is adapting our copyrights without permission. Oh yeah. <laughs> he got a cease and desist from Heaven's Gate. Well, that's down bad. I mean, they're not wrong. When you consider that Heaven's Gate had a web design team, literally the reason why they had the patches that said Heaven's Gate away team is they were leaving Earth. They left their home team behind. <laughs> like Star Trek. Yeah, these were the <laughs> folks that were doing the web design and stuff. And so part of their mission was that the folks that stayed around are continuing to operate the website. And I mean, I, I believe you can still have them do like IT or web work for you. Oh, I'm sure you can. Imagine, imagine asking uh, uh, someone from Heaven's Gate, like, "What the fuck's up with my WordPress kernel?" <laughs> they might be able yeah. to tell you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> asking them to fix the API that's uh, going to Reddit, but <laughs> hey, you don't need balls for that. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need balls to be great at tech. Here comes the part of the show. I'm never really sure how guests are going to take this. I've I've sent you a link, Drew. This is a sh part of the show that we like to call shock.jpg. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.jpg. This is a part of the show where we show our guest. It's usually just me showing Brian, but when we have a guest on, we show our guest uh, something nasty from uh, the annals of web history. So if you'll uh, be so good as to uh, click that link there in the Discord and uh, we can discuss What's called SourMath.com, also known as NoBrain.dk. That's the shock site this week. Ooh. Oh. This so, is, uh, send this URL to your friends. So this is, this is from the era of the internet. Gosh, we were talking about something awful. 
this is from the era of the internet where everybody unilaterally agreed that gay people were gross. Yes, and especially old gay people, because Lemon Party was a thing oh, around the gosh. time too. Why would you? Why would you want to be unattractive and have sex? Asked the early internet. The video is set to the Andy Griffith theme song, <laughs> and it is uh, three uh, older gentlemen. I gotta say, at least in their sixties or seventies, in a shower. Uh, it starts with them just like washing themselves down, but then eventually, uh, one of the gentlemen starts to penetrate the other. And then, of course, the guy on the end starts to penetrate him as well. This is actually... Uh, this is a theme. Yeah, this has uh, now become... For, for Christmas in June, we've had... <laughs> this is our second dick train. This is our second dick train. The, the One was just a still image. But this one definitely has... I mean, it looks like they're having a great time. They really do. That's that's what I think about a lot of these like sh- old shock images when they're like, oh, isn't this weird? It's like, it's just... It's a little, maybe it's a little odd, but like, I don't know. No one's being hurt. No, they're all smiling. All of yeah, them. Yeah, they're having a great time. Oh, they're getting clean and then they're getting dirty, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think, I think it's wholesome. I think it's healthy. That's what I, yeah, that's a kind of where we're at. To see people of all ages and all orientations doing whatever they want, as long as they all agree to it. Hey, it's, yeah. it's yeah. great. I don't. I'm not particularly revolted by gay people, so I've. I think I never quite got why it was supposed to be shocking. But you know, like we talked about America being a, being a sick place, and you know, a, a lot of places are. But uh, yeah. you know, growing up with this like forced heteronormativity, and you know, mm. young men talking about oh, I had to do this, or people would think I was gay. That's incredibly common. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, the, the two of us. I mean, we've we've talked about on this show, especially during this segment, about how like, yeah, okay, I can see how that if you're a really straight laced cishet dude growing up in the '90s and you come across this thing because someone linked it on 4chan or something, and you go ah for a moment, you know sure. what I mean? Like, but but as times have 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 gone on and you you as a person kind of grow, you're like, well. They're just having fun. Yeah. yeah. What's cool? What's the deal? I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I would like necessarily like want to open that like up in like public, you know, at the library. Sure. And but, I, uh, I think that's I think that's <laughs> part the of comfort, it. In the comfort of the uh, Tower Grove Chalet. And well, I think we should be able to look at a little porn in the library. Oh, yeah. Just a little, a smidgen. <laughs> just a, they can't put they can't get you in trouble for that. But uh, <laughs> just a smidge. Just, it's just, just like it's like dipping your finger in the cake batter. Yeah, just you a can little, have little a little taste. bit as a treat. A treat. Uh, <laughs> again, it's 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 not new. It's it's not new to me that this was like a big deal. You know, you had lemon party was a running joke. Mostly, it wasn't so much the content itself. It was tricking people into seeing that content. Sure, and of course, you know we back then 20 years ago couldn't ever imagine that elderly people uh, would have sex or particularly and even more so that there would be elderly gay men engaging in in sexual acts together right you know that we just we just weren't that evolved yet like the playstation 3 hadn't come out (laughs) is that wait hold on i got a i got a research paper topic that i just came up with Group, let's see, uh, elderly gay men having sex, being the normalized. LG, the as LGBTQ a movement is associated by the generation of PlayStation. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. 
Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm pitching the Jacobin. Yeah. <laughs> God, that does seem like right up their alley, doesn't it? Uh, there's got to be someone out there that could make that, oh, that thesis work. After the shock.jpg segment comes, of course, everyone's favorite part of the show. It's called the Breath Mint. Normally, when I bring up a shocking thing, it's usually pee-pee-poo-poo, or it's usually like someone getting their head split open, or some really something that's actually gross. Yeah, I mean, for me, still the worst thing's been the McChicken. He keeps bringing this up, Drew. For for those of you who have not been paying attention, Drew, uh, uh, this was a looping video posted to Twitter of someone inserting their member into a McChicken sandwich and, and violating it uh, on a loop. It's like a 10-second loop. <laughs> yeah, and Jason like oh, yeah. proceeds to talk to me about like, yeah, isn't the guy's fucking the McChicken, and he doesn't turn it off. Yeah. So where I've, I'm sitting to I've speak with him, you, I'm... Yeah. Jason's no longer looking at the the McChicken no. getting dicked down, but I am as I speak to him. I'm like, can we, can we, can we get the McChicken off the screen? I could see how it would be hard to focus, even if you didn't find it like particularly aggrieving on its own. Right. Just, just get, distracting. Mean, well, yeah. I don't need. Can we? Can we not? You showed me the guy fucking the food. Can we move on to the? And you know, the other you thing? know what the worst part of it is is you can't even. I mean, I don't even get fast food anymore because they kept uh, racking the damn prices up. Oh yeah, sure I mean that's do. gonna be ten bucks to fuck that. To, to fuck that sandwich. Fuck that McChicken. Much. It's too much. Just a McChicken's still two fifty. Come on, you guys. It's not that. Bad. I don't. Uh, hey, you know I I. I think the closest uh, fast food to me is about an hour away now. I live in the middle of nowhere. Oh, man. That actually sounds kind of nice. I was going to say, living the dream. Because, man, the fact that I can just, like, go a block and get an insane amount of meat and cheese on a bun. Or even actually good vegetarian food, too. Right. French fries on a bun. That sounds great. Yeah, the rallies or checkers, depending on where you're from. Fry Lovers Burger. Have you had this? I haven't had this. So it's it's just single patty cheese, but then they put their their really well spiced fries on top of it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then they put some sauce and pickles. For whatever reason, fries on a bun with a burger with all the stuff, it's good. It also has to do with the fact that Rally's fries are probably the best fast food fries bar none. Just top point tier. Blank. I mean, it, it's the spices. It's everything they put on them. It's the fact that they just fry the living shit out of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's texture. Nothing... It's the texture. Of it. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. The bite. The mouthfeel. Mouthfeel. Thank you. Yes. That's what, was, that's what I was trying to think of. But yeah. That... It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. So, yes. Uh, the breath mint, which is the part of the show where we talk about stuff. That is not gross. The stuff that we've been enjoying in this past week or so. Usually we talk about, you know, TV, movie, games, and whatnot. Uh, Since you're our guest, Drew, we're going to let you kick this off. What has been on your mind? I've been having a real problem with movies lately. They've been coming out with all these new ones, and they look great. Mm. They're stylistically real good. They're shot real well, and then you get into it, and the story's going somewhere, and it just ends. I've tried posting mm. about this. People don't understand what I'm saying. People get mad about it. Can you give me an example? All of them. Did you see Infinity Pool? I did not, actually. Brian, did you see that one? I haven't, So, no. Infinity Pool, this is by Cronenberg's kid. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, overall, the movie's good. It's got such a great concept, and then it ends, and then just the end of it is just the guy sitting there. 
so many of these movies mm-hmm. just end and it's just a guy sitting there. I watched this other movie called The Lobster. <laughs> it's like this sci-fi mm-hmm. dystopic thing, which I finally got yeah. back around to watching. First two years of the COVID pandemic, I maybe uh, was, uh, wasn't into watching dystopia. Uh, sure. Because I was just I like, mean, well, that. you know, <laughs> it doesn't feel good. But now it's it's okay because I realize in a real dystopia, you just have to go to work all the time. And they lie to you and they tell you that it's okay. So it's like, diff- yeah. It's like yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you watch. Okay. You're going to watch I Am Legend, right? Yeah. And yeah, this yeah. is really, I've been thinking about this because I moved to Vermont. And this is like where Will Smith goes at the end. He's listening to the radio and they're like, come to Vermont. And he's like, I don't know. Finally, he goes to Vermont. And it's just like beautiful. And the people there are real nice, which is also what I have found. But so you watch these apocalypse movies and you're like, oh, the world's going to end. There's going to be all this shit. And I'm just going to live in my house and eat my little food. Wrong. You got to go to work. You go to work the whole time and eggs cost more now. So that's why I could watch Dystopia. Anyway, I'm watching this fucking movie, The Lobster. They turn people into animals. It's pretty funny. Uh, You get to this point and you're like, oh, it's all building. This character's having this arc he's going through. You get what I'm saying? He's having... Mm -hmm. uh, his journey. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, the hero's journey, or he's, you know, not much of a hero, but maybe that makes him more relatable. Uh, the turd's journey, maybe. And then he gets to the <laughs> end, and he's about to do something. It just cuts off, and it says, The Lobster, that was it. That's the movie, motherfucker. Well, I yeah. I don't know. I think you should write an ending. I saw a pretty good movie. It started off, I didn't think it was going to be good. I thought it was going to be bad. Is called Brian and Charles. It has an ending. You should watch it because it ends. Is that the one about the guy who builds the robot? Yeah. Okay. It's a British film. It's uh, or maybe not British. It's it's somewhere in the UK area. But yeah, it's a it's a gentleman builds a robot and 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 he starts to become friends with it. Yeah, I, I, I've. I've heard of it. I still haven't seen it myself. I've, I've been told it's very charming. It's charming and surprisingly not as corny as you would think. So uh, so check that out. That's pretty good. Okay. Uh, but Absolutely. You, but yeah, these new movies, man, come on. Write an ending, man. You got you to gotta put an end. You can't just cut to black, right? Mm. It's not The Sopranos. Yeah. You can't just, oh, what happened? Oh, that's <laughs> that's probably what fucking did it is when they did that. Everybody's like, oh, well, that everybody's talking about it. Now I got to do that with my movie. I just got to. You'll never believe this, but Brian has not seen The Sopranos. I know. I know. It's fine. I didn't have HBO in the 90s. Yeah. I, I wasn't till the DVDs came out that I even saw it. So I, I, I'm yeah. with you on that one. I know something about the Sopranos. Like my girlfriend and I plan on uh, knocking out the series in a month or two. I'm very uh, excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to go on this journey with you because, boy, what a show! What a show! Yeah. <laughs> so, any other recommendations for us, Drew? You know, everybody says uh, touch grass. I think people ought to. <laughs> I I think people maybe use that as a weird insult. I I uh, my daughter's teacher. Uh, she's in a bunch of online schools. Her, my daughter's teacher told the kids to go touch grass one day, and I thought that was weird and insulting because <laughs> we're paying her like uh, fourteen dollars a week for an online uh, little class, so she can like have some enrichment. I I didn't like that. Yeah, maybe she didn't know yeah. it was insulting. I don't know. I I didn't say anything to her. 
Still weird, though. Still a weird thing to say. I, I yeah. think most people don't know their neighbors. I think most people don't talk to them. I found that most people who live in a city don't know who lives across the street or caddy corner or sometimes even next door. I don't know. I think people should make eye contact and, like, try to chat with people around them. For me, hmm? I've always done it because I'm the kind of guy where, you know, I work online. I have weird interests. I listen to weird music. I'm awake at weird hours. And, I, you know, I don't look like I work at the insurance company. So anything ever happens to me, I don't want him to be like, he was a quiet guy. He kept to himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I make He was sure, a quiet loner. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I make sure, hey, how's it going? And also, right. you hear what's going on in the neighborhood. You hear what's... So go right. talk to your fucking neighbors. Gosh, you live, you live in a city. You got so many people around you. Uh, I'll leave you with this. I'll leave you with this. Uh, okay. I met a guy back here in the holler, a uh, super nice neighbor of mine, and I'm talking to him, and he's like, well, you know, I grew up around here. I've always lived here just in the mountains, and there's nothing. There's nothing around. I cannot emphasize how little there is within any distance of anything. And uh, I'm talking to him. He asked me about, you know, living in the city and stuff, and finally he says, is it true what they say about the city? <laughs> and I looked at him and I was waiting and I said, well, what, what's that? And he says, is it true that everyone's always in a rush? <laughs> I guess. That was, <laughs> yeah, I mean. that was the <laughs> nicest. That was like the nicest conversation I've had with anybody in a while. Uh, everybody out here is really phenomenal. I really enjoy living in the middle of nowhere. Seeing people's different perspectives and of course you know i grew up in the city i've lived in the city for almost all of my life until recently to see someone else's perspective on it really makes you think about your own existence and i think that's a gift you can only get from talking to other people yeah yeah i i can't disagree i live in an apartment building and like i don't <laughs> know any of my neighbors you only know the one neighbor because she's uh, a they, loud person they moved out yeah oh good yeah. yeah i had i had a neighbor um i would wake up in the morning and there was a guy and a woman and i don't know their exact relationship they might have been related i don't know it's, what was knows? going on yeah. but he would like listen to like four on the floor like early like 90s like techno music and I would just get like a chuckle, like, you know, making my breakfast and hear. Yeah. But then she like lived there and would then just like blast like Madonna at like <laughs> seven in the morning after like he would leave for work. And I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I can't do this. So like one day I got really upset and I took my nice studio monitors. And I faced them <laughs> towards the wall. And uh, I turned up my speakers and I put on a uh, dope smoker by sleep and like took a shower. And by the time I, I, I finished my shower, I'm like walking out and like the drums just kicked in. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is why this is one of my favorite records. It's just like play when I'm not like wanting to do much of anything. I'm like, yeah, this fucking this whips ass. Turned the music off, went to work, didn't hear Madonna for like a week. <laughs> the, the, but, dope smoker is always a way but, to but like, that but the, the not make it seem like I'm, I'm going around antagonizing the people i live in this apartment building with for small grievances like that that was like an ongoing thing but like yeah. everyone else is just like oh the redhead lady with the dog she's really nice and 
the guy that looks like a dude who would be in the modular synthesizers is always really sweet and says hi to my mom when she comes and visits and stuff. And I just had two neighbors that were really yeah, off-putting. And then everyone else is like a sweetheart. But like we're all, you know, it's a small apartment building. People are, I guess, I think still a little scared of COVID and like yeah. not wanting to be in like a small hallway or stairwell with people. But yeah, I, I wish I knew my neighbors. I wish I knew the people in my larger neighborhood a little bit better. I can I can definitely attest to that. So Brian, for your breath mint this week, what do you got for me? Uh, I got uh, a couple things. Uh, one, okay. I didn't realize would be so surprisingly relevant. Hmm. But my girlfriend and I over uh, the weekend watched uh, Shiny Happy People. Hey, all right. Uh, about the the Dugers <laughs> and Bob Gothard and the uh, what was what was this fucking crazy thing? The Basic Life Principles, the Institute for Basic Life Principles. That was really intense, not just because of like what Josh Duger did and like the creepiness of the father, just in general, but like. I grew up Southern Baptist mm-hmm. and I found it to be very oppressive and it made me feel very small and ugly and unloved and unworthy. It really turned me away from the notion of organized religion. I think for the rest of my life, like I've gone to like ethical societies, which are like supposed to be like atheist churches and been like, yeah. this is still a little too much like religion <laughs> for me. Um, you all seem like really nice folks, but I don't, I don't want to be a part of this, but you know, you do you, but like it wasn't until, like my early twenties, like my brother recommended me like uh, Alan Watts book, and that got me on a path of like getting into like Eastern religion and like studying like Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. That became really meaningful. I'm incredibly lapsed these days as far as keeping up with uh, trying to be a, a good person by some of those ideas, but it sticks with me, and I think it's it gives me something to to I hope bring up other people in my life because sometimes someone will say something I'm like oh well have you ever thought about this concept and they're like oh fuck no I never did and you, you hope that someone's life has gotten just a little iota better because you maybe changed introduced them to a new idea or concept or something like that but anyways this was kind of weird because they're evangelical mm-hmm. and Godard and the fuck I, what the fuck is it? the basic the Institute for Basic Life Principles is very culty very dogmatic my my girlfriend, she grew up Catholic, and she had a much better experience, I think, with religion than I did. It was interesting sitting there and watching this and being like, you know, the things that are on their face really fucked up, but being like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, experiencing that in my own religious upbringing mm. and possibly influenced by, by these individuals that are being discussed in this documentary. And then realizing, like, oh... All of my Christian homeschooled cousins, this was totally them. Yeah. That like they yeah. had to move from St. Louis to Springfield, Missouri to be like, you know, closer to the what do they call what do they call Springfield, Missouri, the, the rhinestone on the Bible belt. Yes. Yeah. The, the rhinestone on the Bible belt. That's yeah. Right. And uh I'm like, oh, this is totally what they did. And it's just kind of odd and sobering and it shows a real ugliness to America and its interaction with, uh, you know, like mega churches, certain aspects of Christianity. Um, it didn't make me feel great. No. Um, yeah, I would imagine no. not. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you like realize that like they make the point a few times in the documentary, like TLC and Discovery Channel were like little pissant fucking cable stations. Yeah. And then this show made them in the behemoths to the point that, you know, Discovery now owns, you know, HBO and like Warner Brothers and shit. 
Uh, so that's if if you want to see something that's really insightful and well done, uh, that won't make you feel necessarily f- feel great, Good, after, yeah. but <laughs> but feel more informed about things. Um, the the flip it up a little bit to th- something that was not such a bummer. Okay, we watched a little French movie called My Girlfriend and I Are Really Into Horror Films. Make sure I get this correct. The Night Eats the World. The Night Eats the World. Yes, All right. and it's about a man who. He lives in France and he goes over to, or in Paris more specifically, and he goes to like his ex's new place and he's trying, he's like a field found sound musician hmm. and he's like trying to get back like his, his, his cassette tapes because that's <laughs> the most important thing. And, you, know, you imagine back at his house, he's got just a bunch of old beat up Tascan. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. four and four Mark twos and shit like that. And, uh, you know, he's trying to get his tapes back and her new boyfriends being a huge dick but they're also throwing like this rager of a party and he finally is talking to his ex and she's like hey your shit yeah your shit's in the office down the hallway and it's like this beautiful big ass fucking palatial apartment as he's walking to to this office some guy comes out of the bathroom and accidentally breaks his nose oh and so he you know he's bleeding out of his nose and he gets into the room he finds his tapes and then he like passes out in a chair as he pass as he's sleeping and he's in this room he locks himself in because he just doesn't want to be bothered you know, I should mention that that's what happens before he sits down and looks for his tapes you hear a bunch of clashing and, and screaming and stuff coming through the door and he wakes up and you know he grabs his tapes and he's like you know fuck it whatever all of a sudden the apartment which was you know clean but still had a lot of bunch of people there's blood on the wall like shit is shoveled oh. And he freaks the fuck out, and he realizes, like, oh, there's been a zombie apocalypse. But, oh, he but slept these, through it. <laughs> yeah, he slept through it. And, and so these zombies are very much like the 28 days later vein. Like, they're pretty I was fast. Say, yeah, Hear, hearing that bit about, like, he slept through it, like, okay. It, there's a lot of parallels, yeah. and they're, they're positive parallels. Yeah. It feels like they're kind of, this is moving some of those ideas forward in yeah. much more of a, a, a small story. These zombies don't scream, which is almost more unsettling. They don't make any sounds or utterances. They, they just, just like whoosh, they have yeah. their mouth open and they're kind of biting uh, at you. Uh, yeah. And they the the unbreaking gaze and it it seems like maybe there's something that causes them to have uh, like a nerve disorder. So mm. like they're walking funny, and he secures the building and he he goes to surviving. And you see him at high points. You see him at low points. Mm. Um, Critics seem to be very mixed on this movie. I thought it was really pretty and well shot and was thoughtful about, like, there was no big heroics. It was just, well, what would you do if you had this big-ass apartment building in, in Paris and you secured it and you all you could do was just live? Yeah. And, uh, you know, plot moves. It's a little slow at times, but it's never boring. Like, just him collecting water is shot and performed in a way that's very uh, uh, enticing and it keeps your attention. Like, I never felt bored, even though, like, what was going on in the screen was kind of mundane because, like, it was just all very earnestly performed and shot. And um, and the ending's good for what it is. Um, it's kind of hard to end the movie like that. Right. It's the, that the same stakes problem don't with, really build up. Yeah, same problem with the endings. very end, but... Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, it's on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. It gets yeah. uh, it gets five out of five. Uh, Brian's there. We go. <laughs> the five it's, out it's of my five. lock of the week. It's your uh, it's your five bagger of the week this week. Uh, to uh, use the on cinema. Oh, 
Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Finally you finally saw, saw that because you and Ed were like, you got you to gotta see it, motherfucker. What did you think? I thought it was, like, the first movie really pretty and interesting, and I felt like it was a comic book movie for people that maybe liked the art more than the stories. That's pretty like, much it. My yeah. favorite comic books growing up were, like, The Max, you know? Yeah. Because I thought Sam Keith's art was That's... really, uh, you know, fucking sick. Uh, I, I mean, he wrote cool stories as well, but, True. like, the, the art, the lines, I mean, he, like, I believe he actually, like, painted his shit There on was a canvas. lot of painting, yeah. He yeah. definitely did a lot of painting. Um, I thought it started off really strong and told a very captivating story for what it was trying to accomplish. Then started getting more muddy and weird. And I don't think it stuck to landing, particularly because yeah. it ends on a spoiler a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's it ends on a to be continued, which which, is... uh, which got like it got some uh, I'm sick of your shit groans in my theater. People just like, ah, mm-hmm. you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I, I had that. Same reaction when that bit came up. I I, I felt like uh, okay, cool. I did. I I went through this with the Matrix sequels. Are we really doing this again? <laughs> you know, that's that's my where my mind immediately went was like, God damn it! They, they got you, Drew. Uh, did you see the movie? You know, I'm uh, on board French horror, and you said there's an ending. I'm on board. Yeah, a hundred percent. I would if I'm if I'm allowed to if I'm allowed to advocate I I will always tell people uh, the Pirate Bay is still open. You do you do not have to pay for movies and uh, listen if you download something, just search the movie name and subtitle and you'll have those subtitles right on there whatever your language you speak and it'll make it a lot easier to understand. And just remember that Yiffy is still a release group. So uh, my two this week are, are definitely going to be interesting. And if you brought up Sam Keith and the Max, I have been rewatching the the MTV uh, oh. TV series, the Max. Oh, wow, that's uh, Drew. Do you remember this one? This was about right around our time. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Liquid Television mm-hmm, era, mm-hmm. maybe a little after that. Yeah, that yeah. was MTV's Curiosities because they had the Max and the Head back to back, and that was their that was their adult animation block after Beavis and Butthead uh-huh. came on. And so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the the Max. Wow, what a I mean, the comics themselves were great. I read those after I'd seen the show, but boy, the way they animated the television series was I mean, they ripped it straight from the books. If you if you have any passing interest in a deconstruction of comic book tropes about a, a masked superhero who protects this, you know, supposedly frail woman, uh, it's it definitely does that and more. Uh, the the character of Mister Gone is so ooh, like like I have a visceral reaction oh, just, when I just, see him. Yeah. yeah, he's he's pure evil, and it's great to see a villain just hamming it up. Um, I have a very vivid memory of being uh, in grade school and being dragged to a World Series Cardinals game and fucking <laughs> hating it. But we stopped at. Uh, the mall that was downtown St. Louis and the Walden books, they had the latest episode or latest issue of the max. It was the Mr. Gone backstory. Ooh. And I, my mom was like, hated abuse and butthead. Yeah. Hated all this stuff. But like a comic book, what, what, what bad shit could be in a comic book? 
There's a lot of bad shit that can be a comic book. Yeah, the Max does definitely deal with a lot of really um, heavy shit. Yeah, especially like the character Sarah and all that. Like, unfortunately, the source that I I picked up the Max from did not have the final three episodes. So I'm I'm back on the hunt for that. But uh, I, for... I may still have the DVDs that I bought from eBay back in the day. So I might have wow. to drag those out. Uh, for a while, you could stream them on MTV's site. Yeah, and you could also find them on YouTube, but not not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the other other thing that I wanted to, to bring up is, of course, you know, we're talking about the 90s, we're talking about Heaven's Gate, we're talking about cults. Well, Yellow Jackets season two is back. Oh, boy. If I've ever any things. show really wanted, they want to have the cachet that Lost had as far as like people trying to figure out what's going on online week after week, Yellow Jackets has an audience like that and, and they're they're full of <laughs> they're full of theories if you go to i don't know our yellow jackets let's say and it's it's non-stop posts about like is so and so this guy and then two episodes later they they're they've suddenly gone silent with that theory hmm. but uh boy it still manages to keep a lot of those 90s aesthetics great music choices uh, in the background of a scene where one of the main characters revisits spoiler alert a a victim of hers and fucks her husband in front of art that the guy made there's number one crush by garbage playing in the background and i'm like yeah, yeah that's pretty much the only way you can use that song on this show <laughs> yeah no shit so if you haven't seen it drew uh yellow jackets no huh mm. have not seen it's that. got a lot of that lost flavor it's it's a, a, a high school soccer team crash lands in the woods in the middle of nowhere and and they're forced to kind of survive on their own uh and it's implied that there may have been some cannibalism so <laughs> what a great show and then it also keeps cutting back and forth between you know the teenage kids and their adult counterparts their adult counterparts one of my favorites there christina ricci and juliette lewis uh, both in that show another pair of great 90s uh, mm-hmm. actors and just what a it's a fun it's fun it's gross it's weird it's kind of sexy i don't know <laughs> it's got, like those things shouldn't go together but here we are well that about does it for this week uh, we're gonna uh, drop a few things here we're gonna let you know where to find us online drew since you're our guest obviously we're gonna let you go first tell us where they can find you on the old internet sure first of all guys thanks so much for having me on this is a blast thank you thank you I've talked to at least one of you online uh, here and there for a while, so it was uh, it was great to finally connect and uh, for sure together. Thank you again. You can find us at garbagebrainuniversity.com. I love the URL, and... by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank that you. That was yeah, the original yeah. name of the show, wasn't it? We're still operating as Garbage Brain University. We just started doing a series called Everything Is Real, and it's it's just kept going. It's gone for several months now. Uh, we just keep finding weirder and weirder stuff to talk about. We talk about occult, aliens, conspiracy, uh, you know, physics and metaphysics. We're all over the board, but we try to tie it all together. I'm pretty interested in all that stuff, and uh, thankfully it seems like some other folks are too. Amen to that. And I'm, I'm online as Drew Toothpaste on basically every platform. Fantastic. So uh, if you're on Blue Sky especially, that just spun up. Find me on there, you know, Mastodon, Twitter. Brian, where can they find you online? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, if uh, 
you want to holler at me, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at ishockeydbord. That's I-S-H-O-T-G-U-Y-D-B-O-R-D. If you want to check out my photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotographer.com. And if you want to check out the words that I sometimes put with the photos, it's amusicphotographer.com. I was going to try and photograph Flaming Lips last night, but I guess they weren't letting anyone get press credentials or at least photo. I just wanted to live the the long running joke is that you're not actually a real music photographer right. until you have a photo of that dude in the hamster ball yeah. and his Borat suit on your portfolio. I had I have the oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. if you don't I just, have I mean, Wayne, it's I've been a, yeah. I've been internationally published. My shit's been in books that you could find at Barnes and Noble, but I I wasn't legit. Yeah. Until I have no. photographed the flaming lips. And I guess I'm just going to keep walking the earth without purpose until that happens. Uh, I think I got a couple things coming up this month. Awesome. We'll see. Uh, fingers crossed. And uh, Jason, how, how can they harass you? They can harass me online. Most of the places that you'll find a video crime, that's V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E, so named after the Tin Machine song, since so many people keep asking. Uh, that is pretty much anywhere you can go. You can find me with two notable exceptions. Of course, that's Instagram and TikTok. Those are at Laser Goose CEO, Laser Goose uh, the record label that released all of my uh, albums as both The Orbs and Shark Dad. This is a funny, unrelated story. Just had to drop this in for a second. But I got an order online for the entire Shark Dad discography from a guy in France. That's beautiful. And and his name, first of all, his name is Francois. All right. So let's start there. Francois, thank you. Uh, but also on his email, it's like Francois French Dude. <laughs> that's what <he's> like. <laughs> wow i was like is this guy for real but then i got like money via paypal I'm like okay well i mean it looks like real money to me i'm fine <laughs> francois french dude all right uh so you can also find the show itself for eight minutes of dogs barking.com patreon.com slash four eight minutes of dogs if you want to shoot us a couple bucks well that about does it with the program we're gonna leave you with something that i just discovered courtesy of Yes, Jack White's third man records, a band called Island of Loves, a British group that sounds like they were raised on Dinosaur Jr. and Guided by Voices records. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a song called Grow from their self-titled album Out Now on third man records. And this is about the time of the show where we say namaste and good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Say goodnight, Drew. See ya.